Well, good morning, everyone. Um, just uh, before I begin, it'd be good to have your Bibles open um, at the verses we looked at, which is uh, Romans chapter 12. Um, you'll be pleased to hear, even though we read five verses, we're only going to look at two. Uh, I'll start off as a sports person say, I like things simple. So I'd be quite pleased if I was sitting there thinking just two verses. That's a great start. So have that open in front of you. Um, since coming back here um, last September from being in England for uh, about two and a half years, I've been asked many times by people that know me quite well and other people that hear about what I do for the first time, they say, Christians in sport, right. So what exactly do you do? And then somebody else just said to me recently, right, Christians in sport, is that a full-time job or do you do that voluntary? And I've had that recently as well. And it's one of those things that I think Christians in sport's a simple title, but actually a lot of people, in fact, even those people that know me well, they're not quite sure what I do or what Christians in sport do as an organization. Um, just as a starter then, I thought it'd be good for you to hear the vision of Christians in sport. Um, uh, and it's nice and simple. It's this. Why do we exist at Christians in sport? It's to reach the world of sport for Christ. Uh, those involved in Christians in sport are passionate about those two things. Passionate about sport. We love it. We love to play it, talk about it, watch it. We get a buzz out of it in ways that other people don't. It's a big, major part of our lives. And we're passionate about Jesus Christ, passionate about what he's done for us, and we want to live our lives in response to that. And so that's the vision of us as an organization. We believe the news of Jesus is the most important news um, for people to hear. And the context is the world of sport. That's where we live and we exist. And so that's our mission field. That's where we want to share the news of Jesus. How do we go about doing that then? Because if it was me over here in Northern Ireland saying, yes, it's me, I am Christians of Sport, off I go, that just wouldn't work. As Christians of Sport, what we want to do is try and seek out Christians that play their sport um, and in, equip them, encourage them, help them to have the tools that when they're out there amongst their teammates that don't know anything about Jesus, that they can then represent Jesus there and tell them about the good news. If you were here last time, uh, we looked at a few verses from the book of Colossians that explain um, what Christians in sport are about, these Christian sports players. Um, and there were little actions that went with it. We want to try and help Christian sports players pl pray for their friends, play in a way, that's getting stuck in, play in a way that honors God, and then when the opportunities come, say something of the good news. So that's how we seek to reach the word of sport through Christian sports players. But I thought this morning what would be helpful would be if we looked at a couple of verses and unpack it a little bit so that you could understand what does that look like, helping Christian sports players represent Jesus in their world of sport. And so we're going to look at these verses just for a few moments from Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Just to help you understand the context here as we dive in, this verse, verse 1 here, um, at the start of chapter 12, is a real turning point in this letter. The start of the letter um, if you turn back to the chapter, very first chapter, you would see it was written by Paul, and he was writing it to the church in Rome. So he was writing it to Christians in Rome with a very specific purpose. And the first 12, sorry, 11 chapters of his letter were where he goes into absolute detail about the good news of Jesus. He spends 11 full chapters going wild 
about why God had to send Jesus, what Jesus achieved on the cross, and why that is so significant. That's the first 11 chapters. At the start of chapter 12, then, it's a real turning point where he then says, if that's the wonderful news of Jesus and that's what he's done, then do this, live like this. And the first two verses we're going to look at, are, are uh, we'll have a look at them now. So it starts off, therefore, so in light of the last 11 chapters, therefore, do this. And he says this, I urge you, brothers, what Jesus has done for us is so important that Paul is saying, don't just let it roll over you. I urge you. He says, I urge you, brothers, do what? And the next one here is, in view of God's mercy. He goes on and he says, in view of what God has done. He's saying, let that be the thing that motivates you to live. For you and for I, that's as we live our lives this week in jobs, if we're retired, if we're in our homes with family. Here Paul's saying, we should be motivated by the wonderful mercy that God has shown us. And for sports players then, we want that to be the motivation why they play. Because you'll know, you'll see uh, on the TV, sports stars. And what do you often see whenever they score a goal or if they score a try? Not all, that's a bit unfair, not often. You'll see for a few people, you'll see this, they'll look like this on the back of their shirt, or they'll run round, they'll be like this. And often, and it's in all of us, I know, but often it is that we want to be motivated by what? Getting the glory for ourselves. It's in all of us. But here Paul's saying we should be motivated by God's mercy because of what God has done. That should be our motivation. And at Christendom Sport, we want to try and help sports players who are on the front line, very difficult, because when you score a goal, you do a piece of skill, you are going, oh. but we want to help them go, thank you, God. Thank you, God what you've done for me. So in view of God's mercy, Paul's saying, let that be what motivates you. Let that be at the forefront of your mind. And then the verse goes on, if you see there, the next bit is, be motivated by God's mercy and what he's done and offer your bodies as living sacrifices. I love the little word offer as well, because it goes against everything that we think in terms of or what my friends think and teammates think about what it is to be a Christian, which is do, do because I should, do because I feel obligated, or do because it's the right thing to do. Everybody else does it. Everybody else goes to church. Everyone else lives like that. But here Paul's saying, as a loving response to what Christ has done, offer, offer, motivated by God's mercy. And offer what? Offer your bodies, if I just go back one, offer your bodies. And bodies is a brilliant word as well because there's no real get out clause. Offer your bodies is us in our entirety. Offer our hearts, our desires, offer our minds and our thoughts, offer our words, our eyes, what we listen to, offer our, our actions, what we do with our bodies. Offer it all back to God. And this is massive in terms of sport. Because on the sports pitch, on the pitch, on the court, on the track, we want to try and help sports players offer their bodies. 
They've got choices to push the boundaries or to not push the boundaries, to get stuck in, to hold back. The referee's rubbish, how do they respond? What will they say? And so we want to help Christian sports players offer their bodies, offer how they speak on that sports pitch, offer what they listen to in the changing room, offer what they get involved in as they speak amongst their teammates, offer what they do with their bodies, 100% back to God. Why? Because of what Christ has done, to offer it back to him. And the Christians in Rome that Paul was writing to would have thought the next two words were a bit strange. So they would have known what sacrifices meant because sacrifices were done daily in the temple. And they would have known that that meant the complete giving over of an animal to be sacrificed. But living wouldn't have made sense because sacrifices were always dead. So here Paul's trying to capture their attention and reinforce again living sacrifice. A complete giving over of self. 24-7 living and offering our lives back to God because of what he's done. Now this is difficult. This is really difficult within the world of sport because some people will find there's some areas on the pitch they might be fine with, but they'll really struggle with one area. They might struggle with um, after the play their sport, um, all that goes with it, off the pitch, in the bar afterwards. Or they might struggle with, on the pitch, that it might be that they just can't draw the line but when they should stop and when aggression bubbles over. But at Christian Sport, this is one thing we want to try and help them understand, that in response to what Christ has done, we should offer, not out of obligation, but as utter thanksgiving, our whole selves back to God. And as you see, Paul finishes the end of verse 1 by summing it up by saying, this is your spiritual act of worship. When we think of worship, I know I often think of worship as singing and praying and the things that we do when we walk in through those doors. And somehow subconsciously when I was younger, I think I thought that God noticed me more in here. But when I went out those doors, it was sort of important, but he didn't notice me as much. But when I was in here, I really had to behave and he really heard how I was singing or he really heard my thoughts behind it. But here it's brilliant because Paul says, if we're living a life in response to what Christ has done, that's worship. Yes, we worship God in here as we sing, but also how we live as we go out those doors is worship to God too. And at Christians of Sport then, we want to help sports players understand that the minute they step out of their car for training, the minute they step onto the pitch about to play, or they go into the changing rooms, that too is worship. How they live and if they offer their bodies 24-7 to God because of what he's done. As a young sports player, when I first understood that, it was so freeing. Because when I grew up within church or within other places, um, I didn't really feel like I had a place because I was a sports person. You know, if you're musical, you can play. Or if you're good with kids, you could, you know, do crash. Or, but as a sports player, you feel a little bit like you leave sport at the door. But actually for me to understand as a sports player that you can worship God on the sports pitch as you sprint for that ball, how you react to that umpire, you can live for him there just as much as you can in every other context of life. It was really freeing. And so we want to really help Christian sports players understand that as, as they're on the pitch, as they're in the team bus, as they're in the changing room, 
Will they offer their lives, their bodies, them and their entirety, back to God because of what he's done for them? Just finally, there's two other bits in the next verse then that explain a little bit more about what we do. If you go on here, it's the one before just. Um, at the start of verse 2 then, Paul goes on, he says, offer your bodies, that's worship. And he starts verse 2 with a negative. He says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. He's saying, don't be shaped by this world. Don't go along with what the world says is right and what you should do and what you should strive after. Don't be conformed to the pattern of the world. And you don't need me to tell you how strong the pull of the world is and how, for us, particularly in the world of sport, how there are many things, many things that the world will say, that's what you should do. I've already mentioned one. Play for yourself. It's all about you. Get as far as you can do. get. Do whatever you have to do to get there. doesn't matter who you trample on. It's all about you competing to your best. There's many other pressures that come with being a, a sports Christian sports person. But here we want to help Christian sports players understand, in light of what Christ has done, don't conform. Don't just do what the world does. Be different. Be different because of what Christ has done. And as he starts with a negative, don't conform, he then comes in with a positive. And he says this, but be transformed. Be transformed. Be different and be transformed, which is an ongoing process because of what Christ has done. Be transformed, he says, how by the renewing of your mind. I wonder if you ever saw the program on TV. It's a wee, it was a while ago, you are what you eat. Um, and a program, part of that link to that was this guy that did an experiment that he would see how long he could go by just eating McDonald's meals. It wasn't a great experiment. I don't know how he ended up with that. But he did that and he just ate McDonald's meals and kept eating them. And actually after a while, they, were, it was, they had to stop him because he was going to die because he was, it was so unhealthy for him. What was going into his body was then seen in how he was, how he acted, his body, he put on weight. What he was putting in showed them how he was on the outside. And it's exactly the same here. What we put into our minds will affect then how we live. Paul's saying here, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And at Christians and Sport, 100%, we believe that's God's truth going in. By getting God's word open, by helping sports players understand more about what Jesus did for them, by allowing God's truth into their mind, that will then allow them to be transformed with how they live and how they play. One girl said to me recently, she's a top hockey player over in England, and she was talking to me, and she's really struggling at the moment. She's just saying, I'm okay when I'm at church. I'm okay with Christian friends. At the hockey club, I'm all over the place. I'm just feeling really tempted um, in terms of drinking and going out, and I've got involved in, you know, I'm saying things about people I shouldn't. And I said to her, when's the last time you read your Bible? And she said, oh, it's been, it's been weeks. It's been weeks. It's really difficult, really hard. And it is really difficult and really hard. And I understand that. But do you see what's happened there? She stopped allowing God's truth in. And then the pull of the world's strong. And it's difficult and she's finding it more difficult. But here Paul's saying, be transformed. 
Be transformed, be made more and more and more like Christ by allowing God's truth into your mind. And as the verse goes on, as you look down there, then it says, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. A Christian sport want to help sports players test and know what God's will is and live for him. We want to help them not conform, but be transformed so that they can be shining lights for Jesus amongst their teammates that, to be honest, are not going to come through the doors of a church unless for a funeral or for a wedding or for a baptism. And so we want to help and often use these verses to help sports players understand they are called by God, understanding what Jesus has done, to live their lives as worship to him 24-7. And for them, that's in the world of sport. I've just got a short little DVD here to pull together some of these verses and to reflect on the call here of Paul to the church here in Rome, but also the joyous know that this is God's call for you and for I this morning. That if you're sitting here and you're trusting in Christ, then that's his call to you, to worship God 24-7 wherever you are amongst people that don't know the good news of Jesus. And if, you aren't, if you're here this morning and you're maybe not trusting in Jesus and you're not sure what you think, then have a chance to look through some of these verses as they appear and maybe consider it for yourself. So enjoy. <laughs> 